From the black vote ain't free to our family rescuing us from quarantine. This is Rooted Black Girls with Farhan Afnan. <laughs> Representing everyday Black millennial women of multiple faith, cultures, and Black agendas. That part. <laughs> Interestingly, last week, Diddy was on a live with Naomi Campbell, and he stated that the Black vote would not be free. And then he went on to say that he was going to hold on or hold hostage to the Black vote or his vote. Yeah. Or I think he means the conglomerate of Black. He means for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I was like, okay, how do you control our vote, sir? But um, it, then he went on Twitter. I didn't see the IG Live. I don't follow Diddy or Naomi, unfortunately. But then on Twitter, I saw it. And I, if I like something and I connect with something, I almost automatically either like it or reshare or retweet it. Um, and this one, I was just like, hmm, I essentially agree with it. But mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot more. I think I was more offended that, or not offended, but I called to question, yeah, you make this very big claim but where's the hyperlink sir like i where's the black agenda sir you <laughs> don't be able to look at it exactly yeah, what you're referring can't just make to this claim and say the black vote won't be free and not talk about here are my list of demands and yeah. so um, i know we talked about this briefly what were your thoughts when you saw that tweet honestly i to be honest i'm i was a little bit confused we've talked about this before in terms of i'm not the most politically active when it comes to voting and even just understanding you know what candidates are proposing and things like that um so for me i actually had to do some research <laughs> i had to do some research and figure out like what exactly was going on mm -hmm. but when i actually did like dig into it a little bit um, I think a lot of the things on like the general black agenda, I think depending on what um, political figures or um, activists you follow, their agendas will adjust slightly based on their preferences, which is, of course, right? Um, but some commonalities in terms of, you know, um, criminal reform, right? Um, voter reform, where it's talking about, like I saw one leader was saying that they wanted to see um, felons have the right to vote, right? Mm -hmm. And like stripping that law away because it, um, disproportionately affects African-Americans. Yeah. Um, some people were saying, we still don't have water in Flint. Like, I don't want to, like, don't even think about my vote if we don't talk about Flint, right? Exactly. Um, so I, I think a lot of those issues are super, super important. Education is important. Healthcare, especially on the heels of COVID is super important. Um, and so like, I agree with him, but the question I was left at the end of it was, Okay, so let's say Joe Biden doesn't address these things. Let's say he doesn't give us What are we gonna do? We all just not gonna vote? Like, exactly. like what's the alternative? Exactly. So I think that's kind of the question I'm still left with. Like, what are we doing at the end of all of this? No, and I totally agree with you. It's interesting because are we gonna be voting based on our interests or are we voting to get Trump out, right? And we have to, and I think regardless, I see what Diddy is saying and I think there's power in what he's saying. We have to come up with a black agenda of exactly, and we need to be all on the same page. We have so many nonprofits in this country that deal with black rights, uh, civil rights for people of color. Um, and specifically, we need to come up with a list of things that we're all on the same page for, uh, about. Mm -hmm. And I think with Diddy, I, I was like, we need to coalition build. You need to get all your influencers, your stars, money, um, political advisors, and create almost a black caucus 
where we come up with ideas and an agenda for black people with all of these different nonprofit organizations that are all doing great things. Yeah. And, and just to go back on my own post personal experience, I was heavily involved in student government at the University of Florida. Are you? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and what we would do is that the older or elder people in our <laughs> in undergrad would meet up at night in dingy classrooms and among the leadership of black students we came up with a black agenda to then bring to the overall campus and the student body so we didn't just make claims and not ask for things so i get what diddy's saying yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. the black vote won't be free but sir what's the alternative and i think you're right when when there's a negotiation situation when there's a hostage right and he's claiming he's keeping his vote hostage you do make a list of demands with that the negotiator right who's that samuel jackson the negotiator <laughs> oh my god it's so funny do you see this outfit here i'm trying to pay you above the rim with uh with birdie oh i see it now so, okay the ancestors of uh professor uh tupac shakur okay but yeah we need a coalition bill we need to um have a community of like thought leaders that come up with a black agenda we need to fundraise and we need to make demands and i don't think our alternative is voting for trump i will say that trump will if we come up with a black agenda i'm almost certain that trump will he'll agree to it and he'll adopt it but it will be signing ourselves away to the devil you know what I mean? And evangelical Christians kind of did that. They don't agree with a lot of what he does in his personal life, right? Disparaging women and abusing women and what he does with his money. Um, and he doesn't, I think he's pro-choice to, you know, and, and who he is, but yeah. he, he promised like he, that I will give you- follow, yeah. He said, I will give you a conservative Supreme Court justice, Brett Kavanaugh, so that yes, we can yeah. overturn Roe versus Wade and get abortion back on the docket, you know, of, yeah. of making it illegal. So what are your thoughts around, do we vote with, um, as a black conglomerate or do we want Trump out? You know, what's the alternative here? Honestly, uh, when I look back at like Trump's presidential, like his, his term, right? Mm -hmm. I am floored <laughs> at the things that he's done yeah. and he's still here. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually a lot surprised that we're still standing. I just, if, if you would have told me before he's in office, we would have a president who did this. I just would have known that the, the United States would have been on fire. Yeah. Kind of crazy that despite all of his nonsense, like it's not, it's not more important to as many people as I thought, like the uproar isn't as mm -hmm. concrete as I thought it would be like, yeah, like you, know, you have Maxine Walters. Go yeah. ahead. I was just going to say that there are certain groups of people that are getting what they want. And so they're allowing Trump yeah. to be asinine, to be ridiculous in his claims. And what like, do you tweet your tweets, yeah. but abortion needs to be here. Right. And, exactly. and that's like, that's, that goes back to your question of like, do we need to play that dirty game too? And I, we cannot do that. Um, I think the key goes in, so black voters did not come out um, as effectively and efficiently with Hillary Clinton that they did with Obama. 
And I think we need to say, we have these voters. We've registered these voters. These are real tangible people. Voters, uh, Roland Martin said this. He said, voters are more tangible than Instagram followers, right? <laughs> you have a million Instagram followers and only get a thousand. Some of them are fake. Like, yeah. registered voters are. Registered yeah. voters are real people. And yeah. if you bring this to the docket of like, I'm going to guarantee that my base understands and have been educated around voting. I haven't told them what to vote, but if you align with our interests, we're voting for you. Yeah. The state of Georgia has 300,000 ineligible or eligible voters that are not registered. Ooh, so that, could have turned, that could have made Stacey Abrams our governor. And we, have, we wouldn't have to deal with nonsense. Ryan Kent. We're going to get into that. <laughs> Complete nonsense. And so I think we need to register voters. We need to say we have the numbers because that's exactly what happened. At the University of Florida, what a lot of the white fraternities and sororities would do, they would make their constituents go vote, get the I voted sticker, put it on their board to say that they voted. And yeah. then they said, these are the amount of people we're turning out. What's your community turning out? And you have to show turnout so that you can come up with an agenda that I agree with. Yeah. I will also say that Joe Biden as a presidential candidate Unfortunately, or you know, fortunately, I think Democrats really care about people. Um, Republicans are no, known to get in line, or Republican or Democrats uh, vote because they like someone, and so um, we can't do that. Joe Biden is likely going to be our candidate. I don't see the Democratic National Convention making a switch up, right? Um, I think him, whoever he chooses as vice president, will be important to how we kind of move. Very important because him. sometimes when he's on the podium and he's talking, like that segment he did with Angela, uh, well, Angela and them were commenting on it about um, people. I think the the question was he was at a historically black college, and the question was, what responsibility do you think African Americans have in like um, overcoming slavery? And he was talking about like record plate. I'm literally looking at him like, dude, are you so old that like, are you here? Like, are you yeah. all the way there? And like even four years of pres of like of a of a term is a lot like mentally yeah. physically and I'm just like we might be we might be worse off with him. <laughs> you think so? I don't know. I don't know about that. I, the things that he's saying, I'm just like you are literally not even on your own agenda. Like I I, I I'm concerned about his mental health. I'm concerned about how cognitive he is in terms of his decisions. Yeah. Um, and and the stress of what four years of that can be. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not saying is as evil as trump that that's going too far but you know what i mean i'm just like these are not two good picks like it's like worse and terrible <laughs> if you will worse bad and worse yeah yeah um it, it's i went into i went and looked at joe biden's like black agenda and when i tell you it looks like a freshman intern came in there and wrote out the agenda like i could do it as a lay person on his campaign and when i looked at uh elizabeth warren's or mayor pete's or strayers i believe is his name um their pages were like real detailed with facts and i think he can't bet on um black Democrats coming out and voting for him. I think if anything, what black Democrats end up doing, even though 90% of black people are Democrats, what they become disenfranchised and disengaged. I won't say disenfranchised, that's a whole different system, but they become disengaged. For sure. They're just like this, this, I don't have a dog in the fight. Like I'm yeah. not going to win either way. Exactly. And I think it's about getting people charged and ready and believing that their politicians will really participate and care about their constituents. And I think what Joe Biden really needs to do is choose a uh, vice president candidate that really kind of connects to black voters. The people, yes, that is so, so important.
And I don't think what I need is a black VP, although some people have explicitly stated that. I don't necessarily agree. I really like Elizabeth Warren, um, and I hope she gets picked, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, She's a bulldog, and that's what we need. We need a good representative to at least advocate. Maybe, I mean, yeah. not everything's going to get pushed through. Of course, we already know that, no matter what party lines you stand on. Um, but someone who is going to be unyielding. And when she came after Biden in those debates earlier this year, I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. So I think we need that. We need a Black Supreme Court justice to offset yeah. Brett Kavanaugh's, you know, uh, him as a, a Supreme Court justice. And I think he needs to adopt a better Black agenda. Choose a, choose a site. There's a lot of sites that kind of speak to this and, paste, bro. And, and, and make it your own, Joe, right? But we need tangible facts on how you're going to help Black Americans in this plan. country. We need a concrete plan. And I think uh, we don't have the option to, to vote for Trump. I don't agree with it. And I do think that all citizens, Black citizens, I think they're more inclined to be engaged voters. Yeah. And I think we need to speak to their sentiments. Speak to our sentiments, Joe. Promise us something. Light us. Can you light us? <laughs> I'm like, can you care? Tell me what I want to hear. You know, be like these like dudes out here, over here, spending all these facts in the beginning and don't come hey, out. Hey, beautiful. Yeah. You know, hey, beautiful. You. I'm a da, 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 da. Give me some hope. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Come up with a plan and stick with it. And if you do, just, I just, uh, I don't want to tell a lie to, uh, to tell him to lie to us, but I just think he needs to do the research and he can't. I've been at this point. It, I think, it feels like it's not even. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. I was just gonna say it, it feels like, to your point, he's not even trying. Like it's not in, it's not in sight. It's not in mind. It's just, it's an assumption, a very dangerous assumption that could cripple his entire campaign. Exactly, and I, I think he's hoping that he rides the wave of black voters, but he needs to understand that he is no Obama, and that we need. And I get what Diddy's saying. We need real facts. The vote isn't free. Here's our agenda. Adopt an agenda that we agree with. Joe. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of politics, for this week in adulting, what I really wanted to talk about was Governor Kemp reopening the state of Georgia. Like, oh my God. So if you guys are living under a rock, okay, uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms attempted earlier in the quarantine to try to keep ATLians safe in the house um, mm -hmm. by saying locally we're going to have a stay at home in order. And that was very effective. A lot of people really supported her. Mm -hmm. um, because at the time, Kemp kind of let it left it up to local governments and local mayors to decide what was best for their areas. Great. Apparently, now he has a change of heart, and so he reopened over the weekend Atlanta and all of Georgia, and it was ridiculous things like um, hair salons, nail shops, uh, uh, piercing and tattoo parlors, <laughs> and I'm just trying to understand like what was essential about this and. I was looking on Instagram and I'm trying my best to stay off Instagram for Ramadan just so I can focus on the really important things right now, but I couldn't help but see the clips of the madness yeah. in uh, Atlanta clubs, Atlanta social spots, mm -hmm. and it literally looked like summer had opened up after like a hibernation. Like people were losing their minds, police were out, yeah. it, it looked like Freaknik almost. It was crazy. <laughs> it looked crazy. And I was just like, oh, you would not catch me outside in that for anything. That is such a scary place to be. Yeah. And I don't know. I just wanted to kind of hear from you because you live here as well, obviously. Yeah. And I'm just, I can't believe how many people, like, because it's one thing for the governor to do it, it's another thing for tens of thousands of people to say, okay, cool. I'm with him. I'm about yeah. to go out and I'm going to engage in these ratchet activities. And I, and that you bring up a good point, like as an adult, 
I hopefully at some point have some level of critical thinking of like, I'm not gonna go out there, that doesn't make any sense, right? Like we're just starting to, to reach this decline of uh, people who are- Like know, barely, the charts barely. barely plateaued, let alone- <laughs> It's not plateaued at all. Like we're still on a decline, which also means that an incline can easily can happen. happen. Yeah. And I think what happened this week though, Afnan, is that temperatures went at around 80 to 81, 82, 83 this weekend. The nice. weather is outstanding out there. And so I think people are willing to risk it all. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, F the shits, like fuck the shits. We are out here, we're- we're gonna take we're gonna take that risk to be outside. It's been about two months, right? It's May third today, and so God. the stay at home orders went around that week of like May or March tenth. So we're almost going on two months. And if you know China, actually, people were in stay at home orders for about ten weeks where they couldn't go out uh, for unnecessary, unessential things. And so this is really risky. I've been taking the long way home lately just to like enjoy the the way that I can enjoy the sun and my sun yeah. open. And when I tell you people are out and being reckless, they're not uh, maintaining like six feet worth of distance. People are at bars. Um, I drive by like the grocery store, the wing shop. Um, I live really close to like little five points area. I drove right there. I was like, what in the world? What are y'all doing? On? Yeah. So I don't think common- Even masks anymore. We went to the store last week and people are not wearing face masks anymore. Like yeah. there, there's a serious decline. I remember when I went out like three or four weeks ago, everyone had one to the point where I didn't want to go in the store without one. But yeah. now it's just like people are dapping each other up. People are talking. And like, where are the tape measures from five weeks ago when people were like, ah, back up, back up. <laughs> I still like, my sister and I went to go get Fellini's pizza last night. I love Fellini. Oh, I'm so jealous. And you have not eaten out since quarantine. Yeah. Uh, people were like in line and like on top of each other. And I was like, yo, get on. I wanted to do the Will Smith, like, back up, back up. <laughs> like, what are y'all doing right now? But common sense ain't common. And I think it's going to take probably an increase in infections, which I don't hope for. And if the people are right right now, then so be it. But I'm gonna let them go ahead and do their thing. And I'm gonna use my own common sense and critical thinking skills. But um, in the segment of my mama said, uh, I think maybe last week with uh, Dr. Dion's episode, she brought up attachment styles. She really brushed over it, over it quite quickly. But you guys, right? But you guys did talk about the book. And I was like, what book? Right. And then I ended up going on Amazon. Amazon Prime ain't Prime anymore. It takes about four <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah. I ended up getting the book and I'm nearly done with the book. It really resonated to some of my experiences. Wow. And it really feels like a holy grail or a Bible of sorts for kind of relationships and so that you go into them knowing who you are, what you're giving off, and how to control yourself and yeah. really make good decisions. And so I know you said you read that book, right? Many years ago, girl. Oh. So we've talked a little bit about in like our previous segments about therapy and stuff like that. But there was a point in my life, like a good year or two, where I read all of these psychological books, right? Um, and Attachment Styles was one of them. Um, and I literally could not put the book down because I felt attacked. And I was like, they're reading me for filth. Like, yeah. it, was, it, it was really, really eye-opening. Um, and honestly, it's changed my relationships tremendously at mm -hmm. work, in my, in, in, uh, in my marriage, 
um, friends, family, because it gives you an awareness of when that thing comes up, you know exactly where it's coming from. And it, and it takes like the shame and the guilt of like, why am I, you know, crazy when people are looking at you like, well, I don't feel the same way you do about these instances. You actually have like a base to be like, okay, I'm, I'm like this because of this. And this is what I can do to change it. If these beliefs and these practices are no longer serving me. So, you know, I love that book. And it's one that I like to review back when I find that like my relationships are all kind of out of whack when those transition periods in your life. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I realized that I think before um, other like recent relationships, I was more secure, but because the person that I was communicating with um, was very avoidant, it made me very anxious. And I mean, yes. I had an anxious, it kind of, and they said that be, fear, be very cautious, if you're secure, you, and you end up being with someone avoidant and how that can shift you to being anxious. Yes, so yes. I've, I'm kind of having to reparent myself so that I go back to being secure and not taking yeah. things personally and really being care, being there and lending myself to people. What I love most about the book is that there, they, I think sometimes maybe in, I don't know, I want to say first gen or people of color or black communities, we end up saying like, you should be self-reliant. You should really care about yourself. Be selfish. Don't depend on others. But this book is really saying that, no, we're in relationship with people all the time and you should be dependent on people in your life. In a healthy way that is detrimental. Yep. Exactly. So I think it's really reshaping my thought because I, a lot of the time, I, even though I was, I think, pretty secure, I was always under the impression of like, do you? And when you are good, then we can easily be well together. But it's yeah. like, no, if you care about someone, you really kind of lend in to maybe if they're insecure about something or you communicate with them or you try to be there for them, support them from a distance if needed. And so it, it uh, really, I can't wait to finish the book. I'm definitely going to do that as soon as I hang up. Okay. <laughs> I, love I love that. I love that. I would encourage listeners to go get the book. It's uh, attached by Dr. Amir Levine. And I forgot the, the co-author. Um, but it's an excellent tool to really figure out how you are in relationship with other people. Yes. Speaking of relationships with other people, so y'all know, yesterday was my birthday. So for today's segment, <laughs> thank you. Um, so for today's segment of In My Feelings, Fred did the most amazing birthday surprise. Um, and it was awesome. So what he did was he planned a, a dinner because usually we go out for dinner. I, I love eating out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he did like a, a dinner. He decorated the whole living room, no. three courses. He had bruschetta appetizers, crab cake. What was it? It was crab cakes on top of like little cucumber. I don't know. It was all amazing. He did shrimp scampi. He did um, dessert. Um, and he, he, he had me get all dressed up and he had the camera and everything ready so that I could put it on Instagram. He's so cute. Because <laughs> he knows me. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did this all work out with the videotaping? It was just like perfect. He, he had it already. And so the, the last surprise that he gave me was he actually made a song for me. I for- saw that. My, wait, so my sister was, I was like, wait, I was like, what is, she was like, Athan just posted this video, and I was like, oh my, I was like, is that Fred singing? And she was like, yes. no, nah, no, nah. and then when I rewatched it myself, you're yes. like, can you sing this song for me? Yes, like, it was so cute, so he uploaded to YouTube, girl, he made the whole video and everything, like, he got the track, he did the harmonies, he made a whole YouTube music video, and I was like, and I was like, I don't know if I should be really happy, or like, shocked that you did all of this, no, and I had no idea. <laughs> Fred is a keeper, mashallah. <laughs> I think the yeah. cutest part of the song was that he, um, there's like a Habasha names 
I saw that we me and my sister were trying to like decipher the names. We're like, there was something in Spanish and then this. Yeah. So Fiori, Fiori is flower um, in, uh, in Italian. And so part of the colonization is there's a lot of Italian in Tigrinha. So he actually called up Huda and Moaz and my family to get like translations. I was like, I can't deal with you right now. And then Hembasha is like, um, Hembasha is like a bread that we eat. Yeah. And so he, um, when he found out that there was like a, a African equivalent of like strawberry shortcake, he changed it to Hembasha. So now he calls so I fell out when I heard that. I was like, I can't do oh, it. Man. See, so- sis, if you out here reading these attachment styles, you're going to get your <laughs> good, good brother out here who's going to take care of you, mashallah. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so Yeah, awesome. well, happy birthday to you. I loved how when you posted your family videos, how they call you Nana. I was like, that's what I'm about to call her is Nana. <laughs> You know what? I was actually like, the video came out and I was like, I don't know if I want to post this. Like I, uh, from when I was little, I don't like nicknames from people mm-hmm. who don't know me really well. Okay. Cause like when we were at school all the time, people would be like, your name is what? What's your nickname? Like, you don't get to call me a nickname. You don't remember my name. <laughs> yeah, but it was so cute. I really appreciate them. And everybody else who, I got a bunch of messages and really sweet text messages. So thank you to everybody. And you too, Farah. You're awesome. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you felt love during this weird time. You know, because you are a special person to a lot of people. And we're so happy for you and happy birthday. And hopefully it's a great year for you, inshallah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, on the theme of like family, I was so excited. You know, I've been doing this quarantine quarantine thing by myself. And so I've been doing the work and being diligent about that. Um, yeah. And so my siblings ended up coming into town. Uh, and so I've been so grateful to have them. It's, I didn't even realize I've been doing the quarantine thing so well that it's become almost like clockwork for me. And so when they came, I was like, Um, so I was they're still here and we're gonna go kind of maybe enjoy the sun and maybe just a savage remix actually it's Ramadan so maybe we'll listen to the Quran (laughs) with the windows down so we're safe and not listening to Governor Kemp here but yeah just super grateful that they're in town Um, I'm so happy for you literally like you came on here with like this new energy i love it alhamdulillah yeah yeah we won't keep you we'll definitely let you get back to your family thank you all right guys that's all that we have for today's episode if you guys are watching on youtube please make sure you guys subscribe to our channel if you're listening to us on spotify or apple Podcasts, please make sure that you rate us comment if you can um and leave us a review if you enjoyed this content but we'll catch you next week see you